Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom. To the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents the Jim Ross Report. With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself. Good old JR. Well, thank you very much. And yes, indeed, this is Slobber Knocker Audio, exclusively for you from the mighty Westwood One. I'm Jim Ross, as you would expect. Back in one piece from a wonderful trip to Scotland, England, and Ireland. Getting ready to go to San Francisco. I'm not already there when you hear this. I will be, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise this weekend for Access TV. A lot more on that uh, still to come including part two of my interview, more of a conversation, as I'd like to put it, with Kenny Omega. Uh, We'll talk to Kenny about a variety of things, including the the inevitable question I'm sure he gets daily, and that is, where does the WWE stand in your future, Kenny Omega? Come on down. So, we'll, we'll, uh, he's he's a bright guy, and we had great ratings last week, thanks to you guys. Kenny's got an audience. He's a hot talent. He's arguably the hottest talent in the world right now. And he'll be defending his IWGP heavyweight title on uh, Saturday evening, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 Pacific, live on Access TV against Cody. And on this program, I can say Cody Rhodes because I just can. So I'm looking forward to calling that match to Josh Barnett on on, uh, Saturday. Hope you'll tune in if you can. I'll uh, have mine taped as well on my DVR, Direct TV Channel 340, if you're keeping score at home, folks. So uh, that's uh, that's coming up, part two coming up of this program. Uh, and uh, so it's a busy week for everybody. I got a lot on my mind. As a matter of fact, here's what's on my mind. As I said, man, what a busy week it has been. Uh, I'm blessed to be home and safe and sound back on American soil. And by the way, happy birthday, America. July 4th, America celebrates another birthday, and uh, we appreciate and love our country, no matter how much uh, silliness we all seemingly have to endure at times. That's for another show. Uh, really had a great experience uh, in uh, first in Glasgow, uh, and then on to two shots in, in England, Birmingham and Newcastle, then two shots in Ireland. Limerick and, and Galway. Uh, five shows in six nights, uh, three countries, four sellouts. So very good business, and I really appreciate everybody coming, and I enjoyed the meet and greets. This, you learn so much about people in those meet and greets, and it's, just, it's rewarding for me, and I enjoy that a lot. So, uh, and our Q&As are fun, and, you know, uh, there were the Kenny McIntosh's crew, 
you know, Kenny's uh, does a real nice job with his uh, inside the ropes organization. They're growing, doing some great things, bringing in Edge coming up, and they're bringing in Pat Patterson and uh, Kenny's team. Really good team. Fiona always takes great care of us. Uh, our girl Louise was my bodyguard there I, as I kidded. She wrestles too. You know, Louise does under another name, and uh, she's uh, she could handle herself in pretty much any environment. I'm predicting. Uh, certainly appreciate Louise, uh, Ollie, Jen, Dean, Sarge, and Owen. I feel like I'm at the uh, the Academy Awards. I'd like to thank my driver Fiona. I'd like to thank my bartender and bodyguard combo Louise. So there you go. Louise had to make me uh, Moscow mules because the bartenders in some of those venues hadn't had nary a clue. So a good tour. Uh, saw James Storm and uh, Ram there. They came to our, our show in Birmingham. So uh, good for those those two gents to drop by and say hello. So all all a lot of fun. So I appreciate everybody that was that attended, helped produce it, took good care of me. Uh, and my producer, Raphael Morphy, on the road with me that whole tour. What a pain in the ass I must be to babysit. God almighty. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. You're miserable. I sure can be. Well, especially when you go through Heathrow. You know, I'm, I'm there. I got, I got over two hours to get through uh, the customs and the security my bag retrieve my bag and i uh it took me over two hours to do those two functions and i missed my connection to glasgow which only meant i got to spend four more hours of my life i could never retrieve in heathrow bad business so uh anyway uh that's but everything else is great the the travel is just uh, it travels a bear man and people are rude and smelly god hey in that customs room where there's all these countries are migrating and and melding together with a variety of aromas odors uh buddy i'd like to have the febreze concession in that room it's been challenging so anyway a lot of fun all in all other than travel i had a great time on uh on Saturday, we were driving, Miss Fiona was driving Raphael and I from uh, Limerick to Galway. And we stopped off in uh, Kong, Ireland, the home of the Quiet Man Museum. And we took a personal tour, private tour, and uh, be bopped around uh, some of those movie scenes that I had memorized in my head since I was like eight years old. And I really, uh, it was a really cool day for me. I just, I can't tell you because I sound childlike or getting more senile or something. Uh, but it was just a real cool moment. You know, taking some pictures. I put them on Twitter, at JRSBBQ. I'm sure they're, so, they're on my, my Facebook. I am on Facebook, by the way, at Jim Ross BBQ, if you're interested in that kind of thing. So, uh, good trip. Love the, love the uh, Quiet Man Museum. I'll go back there if the Lord gives me enough days. I, I want to go back there. I don't want to stay downtown at the little hotel they have downtown. Or that woman in that castle. There's a couple of real cool things. John Wayne and Marino Harris stayed in the, in the cast, stayed at a big castle 
that was now considered one of the best hotels in the world. So that'd be kind of cool. Anyway, a lot of fun, a lot of hard work uh, from some good people that I really respect, and my road family with Inside the Ropes just uh, took great care of us. Uh, the uh, sa- Saturday, well, big weekend for wrestling on TV. If you're if you are have access to Access TV, uh, formerly uh, HDNet, as some of you may remember. As I mentioned earlier, it's on uh, on DirecTV on channel 340. It's on some cable systems. Uh, it's on, I think, uh, Twitch maybe. I'm not sure. I should know all those things, but I, I can't remember every station. Uh, but you can look all that stuff up, I think, too, pretty easy. Uh, but Access TV has the Okada Omega two out of three fall match that's never been seen on their network before in its entirety uh, this Friday night. And uh, Josh Barnett and I called that about a week or 10 days ago, maybe two weeks now. God, it was fun. I mean, it really was sensational. It reinvested me back into a part of the business that I was missing. So I think you'll love it. I hope you do. Uh, And then on Saturday, live at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, we'll be in the Cow Palace in San Francisco for the big show, uh, the G1 special, live there on access tv headlined by kenny omega defending the title heavyweight title that is against cody so it should be a dandy good card big card a lot of things uh, a lot of wrestling and i and i know they're going to have a, a, a they meaning access tv i think they're having a uh kind of a marathon uh on going into the, the saturday night show so it's if you like pro wrestling and you like it, the strong style and these bigger-than-life personalities, athletic men uh, that compete for New Japan, then access is the place to be on the weekend. And uh, maybe someday the, uh, the network will be given the credit it's due for making this network becoming more and more viable in North America. Just my opinion. Uh, we had a good meeting in the U.K., uh, Raphael and I, with uh, – a gentleman has a importing import export company and his name is not art vandalay even though art was a very famous television importer exporter was he not so uh, i think he was also an architect so but our guy is uh he's uh he's got a sharp company and they do a, they do a ton of business on online so we're, we're trying to work out a deal where uh, you would have the opportunity, if you live in that part of the world, or any part of the world, including all of Europe, uh, to uh, get JR shipped to your door at a reasonable price. So uh, that's what we're working on. We've got a lot of I's to dot and T's to cross and all that good stuff, but that, we've made some, a positive move there with the relationship, and hopefully that will be uh, will materialize into something that where you can enjoy the sauce, you know, mustard, ketchup, whatever we have. So we're working that. Also met with my my writing partner, the brilliant Paul O'Brien. We we hooked up in Limerick, and the, there we had a uh, meeting, and had a brewski. I had a brewski. He didn't have any beer. I was very disappointed. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I just don't like to harbor all the guilt of being the only guy drinking in the group. It's it's a it's not a big deal. <laughs> Uh, but we had a great talk, and we're going to do Slobber Knocker. We're going to do a sequel to Slobber Knocker. I don't know the name of it yet. We haven't, we haven't got that far. 
but we it worked out in theory that we are going to do the second book and now it's just a whole lot of groundwork to to get to together paul and i will join uh, up in los angeles probably sometime in this, this summer to kind of hatch out our strategy and it was picking it up chronologically after uh i came back from uh the uh, second bout of bell's palsy and i call the austin rock wrestlemania match uh, at 15. so uh and there's a lot of boy well, we cover a lot of ground after that so we had a huge meeting and it's gonna be good the book's gonna be real dynamic and it's gonna be uh, I think probably the most familiar territory for a lot of fans today, more than our first book, which is still doing great, which we appreciate, quite frankly. So there's that. Uh, uh, I've heard some rumors about, you know, we've, we've talked about it here, about NXT moving to FS1. First of all, if you're FS1, it's a great move because that's a unique product. It's a, it's a sub-brand of WWE. It has a, 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 its own distinctive personality and presentation. Uh, I think that uh, they would be well served if uh, NXT were on FS1. Just my take on it. It would make it, it would make it easier for more people to watch it or access it than uh, necessarily watching it on the WWE Network. So uh, I could see that being a smart move on the TV part, uh, and you know we'll see. I think that. I think I read somewhere where uh, the, uh, the 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 possibility exists, or the window is there, if chosen to go through, uh, doing some a couple of, uh, like at USC, a couple of weekly shows or something, studio type shows, things like that could be certainly be a part of this package because it helps support the brand, it helps build the brand, and Fox is really good about building brands. Can you see their promos coming up next fall, Thursday night NFL? Friday night WWE, Saturday college football, Sunday NFL football. Not a bad deal. And that's a lot of men are going to gather to the river on that, on those on those games, and uh, you know the the ad ad revenues can be significant, huge, huge. So uh, we'll keep our eye on that deal. But I think that the move from NXT moving to uh, FS1 would be a sound move on the surface for me as a fan uh, and a smart move for FS1 if they if they pull it off. And I just got to believe that there's going to be multiple shows of some kind on FS1 supporting their huge investment into WWE. It is incumbent upon Fox to do all they can to build the brand of WWE, which only uh, monetizes even more uh, their investment into the brand, make it stronger. And so you, you, you take a control of, of monetizing and uh, your, your own your own your own business. It's it's a it's a hell of a success plan. So uh, I look for big things in that partnership, quite frankly, because there's a lot of guys at Fox that have embraced the product for a long time. And I think they're looking at this as a as a major major get. And obviously, for a billion north of a billion dollars, it's pretty damn major. I know it's a long time uh, until WrestleMania, but just to let you know, uh, uh, Raphael has uh, secured a place called the Opry City Stage, uh, and uh, we're going to be having we have a couple of uh, holes. We have commitments. We're going to we're going to do some events there, uh, working all that out probably on the Friday and Saturday of WrestleMania weekend. It's down near Times Square. It's a brand new facility. It's really cool. 
uh it's slick and it's i think it's gonna be five blocks from uh russell con so it's a, it's a good location in that respect so and we may have some afternoons we're just gonna play it by ear and see what's uh what's the best time for us but the uh check it out online off city stage is where uh you'll find us and my team on friday and saturday of uh, wrestlemania weekend so we'll have we'll have a ton more on that deal i just thought i'd throw that out there because i've been getting questions about are you going to do something at wrestlemania here there and yon and and yeah I, I, absolutely and after the success we had this week uh this past week with the, on the spoken word tours and the, the q and a's i'm uh i'm looking to do more of those which uh, the king and i'll be doing uh, obviously this uh, summer our, our foray our, our our launch is uh august 16th thursday august 16th in nashville if you're in the area uh and want to hear the voices of the attitude era with the q a the photo ops the autographs all the good stuff uh check out zanies.com we're at zanies comedy club in nashville on thursday the 16th of august and we will be in good old Ro- uh the rosemont area uh R- rosemont meaning chicago land zanies rosemont thursday august the 23rd jr and the king live so uh tickets both shows are available vip and general mission uh get yours while they last both are they're intimate neat little venues it's just i play both of them and it's a, they're a blast and the staffs are wonderful so i hope you'll join us for that what else is on my mind ladies and gentlemen you know i'm still a little bit jet lag god almighty i'm just uh I'm catching myself coming and going. Oh, I was going to mention that uh, Impact's uh, Slammiversary, their biggest pay-per-view of the year, will be on July 23rd, which most of you know, or a lot of you know. But the good news is that I saw where it's going to be carried by my friends at the Fight app, F-I-T-E, the Fight app. If you got Wi-Fi and, you, and a smart device, you're in, as I, I used to say here on the show a lot. Uh, but th- they're going to be uh, making carrying the uh, Slammiversary. So no matter where you live... If you can download the app, if you got Wi-Fi, you're you, you're in you're in business. You're in business, as they say. So uh, check that out. Pull up those guys. Uh, it gives more wrestlers a place to work. It gives more talents, uh, other talents, whether it be in, in the behind the scenes or not, a place to work. I I, I am fully supportive of Impact Slammiversary and what they're doing. Raphael informs me that the uh, MLW group of master court bauer uh they you know they're on tv on uh being sports tv they have some tapings coming up soon orlando on thursday july 12 and uh in uh, new york city queens battle riot and they call the win mariah no i just made that up battle riot thursday july 19 so uh, if you want more info we want to attend events See what's shaking with this new group, uh, MLW.com, MLW.com. Happy to see that ITV is getting back into wrestling business with, a, I guess, a 13-week series, I think it is, maybe, for uh, the uh, World of Sports show. You know, I had a blast. I made great friends with ITV that I still uh, hold very dear. Uh, I have a really a good personal and professional relationship with the, with the network. Uh, I just think that they belong in the wrestling business. So, and I'm glad that they're uh, they're they're doing something uh, to provide their own programming. And I'm anxious, and I hope that the, to see it, and hope they do well. 
bunch of real good guys. They're just they're just wrestling fans that were it meant, it, when they were at a certain age, the product really meant something to them. It was a, it was a time in their life where they were impressionable and they were young, and the words that others said about the product. Some of those voices, like yours truly, that was very lucky to be at the right place at the right time. Uh, you know they. They, they got the passion for being in the business. So I hope that they succeed and live that dream, too. Uh, as a matter of fact, the uh, ITV, uh, is start, I think it's slated for later this month. It's when it's starting. Really, I think it's a cool thing how much WWE is doing with the Special Olympics. I see here on the show, it's important that all of us take some ownership uh, and pay a little rent for being here. And I think play, paying rent for being here, like Muhammad Ali, is still one of his uh, sayings. Is the fact that uh, you know this is not free here? We're just not a free ride here. It's the home of the brave, you know, the land of the free. Well, okay, cool. It sounds good, but nothing's free, uh, and and nothing's free in this country or anybody's country. So it's up to us to play it forward a little bit. That's all I'm saying. It's not a big deal. It's not. A, I'm not on my pedestal here, uh, but by God, I can get there. Don't think I can't get there. I can get there. Because I'm passionate about this. Uh, so uh, we can all do more to help our fellow man. A little volunteer effort here. Uh, you know, uh, some, some show of support financially or, or time-wise or whatever. And WWE's doing that with the Special Olympics. And I think it's wonderful. Uh, they were uh, Stephanie McMahon, Hall of Famer Mark Henry, Charlotte Flair. Uh, we're all there to support the Special Olympics uh, USA 50th anniversary, which is in Seattle. So uh, it's you know it's one of those. It's a good trip to get to Seattle, and but you're there and you're doing the right thing. So I'm I'm happy that they're doing that. Uh, you don't see a lot of other companies doing that uh, in that in the world of wrestling. I don't understand that either. We all should do more, no matter what we do. Uh, somebody asked me if I was going to be working on the May Young Classic. I don't have any idea. I think not. Uh, I would assume that if I were going to be uh, involved again, that I would have already been contacted. And I don't say that. I, I mean, I got plenty, of, plenty to do. I mean, I'm, I'm, bu- I'm very busy. But you know, I didn't do. I don't think I did my best work on that project. There were a lot of things that made it challenging to do one's best work. Uh, but you know, it's just it was a the best effort was there. But just the results weren't as good as I would have hoped it would have been on my end. So, uh, and and people say, well, he didn't he didn't have a real good outing. They're probably right. And the other thing is that you know WWE's got a lot of good young guys that need work, and they're never going to get better if you don't put them in a position to sink or swim. So uh, you got proven commodities there, but you got also you know uh, some some death issues. I think you know Tom Phillips would be a great choice to do the May Young Classic. He certainly can use more reps. Uh, you know, Morrow doesn't, but he'd do great. My gosh. So uh, there's other the, the the guys that are there. I think uh, they got they're they're staffed. They don't need me to help. And I and I understand that, and I have no problem with it. I really don't. I'm staying busy enough. My kids think, I think my kids think I've uh, I've gambled their inheritance because I'm working so damn much. I just like being busy. And no, I don't have a gambling habit. I promise you. Oh yeah, I wanted to mention this. I'm really excited about going back to England. I'll be in London 
uh, Showmasters presents the London Film and Comic Con. London Film and Comic Con at the uh, uh, Olympia Exhibition Center. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Three days I'm appearing. The 27th, 28th, and 29th. Uh, photos, autographs, all those normal things you do at Comic Cons. And uh, I'm not going to be alone. Uh, great stars are there. My favorite female wrestler, Gail Kim, will be there. Uh, Chuck Jarrett will be a part of that as well. Hall of Famer. Uh, Carly Perez, Hurricane Helms. What's up with that? Hall of Famer Mark Henry. That's what I do. That's what I do. SoCal Val, Tatanka, Fred Tugboat Ottman, and Billy Gunn. So uh, that's going to be on in uh, London. I'm looking forward to that that piece of business. You can get more information at the London Film Comic Con. It's out there. Tickets are sale, on sale for all these signings and this, these events. So uh, there's that. And I had one more page. I know. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, finally, thank God they they say audio land. Finally, uh, Extreme Rules is going to be July fifteenth in Pittsburgh for WWE. Looks like a nice card. It should be a, a really an outstanding card. Uh, and it's interesting. The the booking's interesting. The match on that card that stands out the most to me is uh, as I think will be the best match of the night will be. Rollins and Ziggler in the 30-minute Iron Man match. That's a great time. The audience can stay attached. They can stay mostly invested. You kind of push your limits in some audiences to get an hour out of somebody nowadays on television. Uh, but I'm not saying exclude that, but it's, it's, it's limited. The 30 minutes makes a lot more sense for our attention span. And I believe that you, in today's entertainment world, you just got to almost – I don't mean this disrespectfully, but you almost got to produce things in today's world for the attention deficit disorder people, which most of us are, I think. Uh, AJ and Rusev, interesting booking there. You know, you see that while well, that's uh, booked as it is, uh, Rusev is, you know, he's had a couple of false starts. It seems like I think he's got, you know, people seem to like him, which makes this an interesting match because AJ certainly a fan favorite as well. Uh, uh, not sure. I'm kind of curious to see how the matchup between Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley is going to be. I'm not so sure that they uh, they say styles make matches. I'm not so sure that their styles mesh uh, to to create a great match. I don't know this now. I'm just saying it's an assumption here on my end. But I sometimes I I just don't feel it yet between those two. And there's actually no reason they shouldn't have a hell of a match. It should be physical, knockdown, drag out, snug, son of a bitch. But something tells me it might not be as, uh, oh, what would you say, uh, maybe artistically pleasing to some fans' discretion nowadays. Uh, women got some nice, uh, nice spots on the extreme rules. Two women's title matches. And uh, Oscar and Carmella is kind of intriguing. Certainly, Alexa Bliss, who's arguably the most polarizing female on the roster, she's really good. And uh, Nia Jack uh, will go uh, for the Raw Women's Title. And who the hell knows what's going to happen there? I mean, that's that's one thing about that—they're keeping us guessing on that. Two tag titles uh, on the line. So what happened there? Those two tag title matches: Matt Hardy and his tag partner Bray Wyatt against. Uh, Curtis Axe Bo Dallas, the B team. It's an interesting little matchup. And I get why uh, it's, it's easier to see why they booked uh, Axel to beat 
Matt Hardy Monday night and with Bray Wyatt gone, healing from his car accident. More on that soon. Um, and I'm a big fan of Oscar. I think she's intriguing. I think she's exotic uh, in a lot of ways, very mysterious. And maybe that's stereotyping it. I don't know, but uh, she's a very unique character. And uh, the, the, how well WWE has built the women's division on both brands to make such compelling television is a testament to uh, the fact that they knew it was well past time. And, oh, and it's so, how smart it was. First of all, it's the right thing to do. It made the most uh, sense uh, in a human way. It opened the door up for a lot of brand new talent to get involved. More faces. Wrestling fans want new. Wrestling fans want to be surprised from time to time. But they damn sure want new. And they want to get to know these people. And it seems like to me that the women in WWE are more uh, involved in their social media promotion. They're more involved in, in directing the audience to projects, the Instagram, other things, Twitter, whatever it may be, than are the men. So it's, maybe somebody could say maybe the women of WWE have a bigger uh, emotional investment in their own careers than most of the guys. Our argument can be made for that. So we'll talk more about Extreme Rules uh, next week. I'm going to be doing the show next week for North Carolina. More on that in a few moments. Uh, but right now, ladies and gentlemen, as I look back, that's what's on my mind. Well, it's time for the Slobber Knocker of the Week. I know you're dying to hear more about that. I say that uh, rolling my eyes. But I want to remind you guys that are users of uh, the Amazon uh, Alexa, not Alexa Bliss, Amazon Alexa. You know, we're in that loop now. We're, we're all kind of, you know, kind of, well, kind of famous and no kidding. We are, we're, we're trying to partake in the, the century that we're in, at least I am. Uh, all you got to do is say, uh, Alexa, enable the Jim Ross report skill. Then after that's been enabled, uh, you're done pretty much. All you got to do is say, Alexa, play the Jim Ross report. And there you are. There you are. And if you're a Google Home user, uh, then all you got to do is say, okay, Google, talk to the Jim Ross report. Okay, Google. Uh, speak to the Jim Ross Report, something along those lines, and you should be in business. So just uh, keep that in mind. We're getting pretty fancy here, buddy. Pretty damn fancy. Pretty, pretty, pretty fancy. Okay, Slavin Rock of the Week. Uh, I had a, such a wonderful week. I mentioned this earlier, uh, doing a lot of things. I went to uh, met a, a compelling man who's lived in Kong, Ireland his entire life. He's about my age. His grandfather was in the... In the uh, uh, one, one of the scenes, maybe more than one scene, of The Quiet Man as an extra. And uh, he had wonderful stories to tell. Uh, just it, it brightened my heart. His name is uh, Jerry Collins. So uh, somebody gets hears this, maybe you can uh, let Mr. Collins know that we really appreciate his hospitality, his obvious passion for what he does. And uh, he made it a very uh, interesting uh, afternoon for my comrades, my traveling group. Uh, you know, I did a little video there uh, with the help of my crack staff and uh, the uh, in front of the uh, John Wayne uh, Marino Harris statue that uh, within a few hours it had over 30,000 views on Twitter. And then I, it was Terry Funk's birthday, so I, you know, I go out behind the, uh, behind the building, so to speak. It was behind the 
the club we were at in uh, Galway up there on the river. And I did a little, Terry Funk, you son of a, Ross, you fat bastard. You know, one of those deals. And wishing happy birthday. He's like 180. And, you know, he's just an old, ornery-ass old Texan. Tougher than a $2 steak, no doubt. And that got over 20,000 views. So I had about 50,000 views total in uh, one day on a couple of tweets. Who'd have thunk it, right? Who'd have thunk it? I sure as hell did. So anyway, uh, Jerry Collins here, good man. Thank you, sir, for your hospitality in Ireland. And if you ever get a chance, folks, seriously, to go to uh, Kong and go to the John Wayne, uh, John Wayne or the John Wayne Marine O'Hara, it's called the Quiet Man Museum. Uh, do it. I drank there. I ate there. I walked around. I had a blast, and I'm going back. So that's all I can tell you. Uh, again, I, th- I thank uh, Sovereign Arthur Weath's team from Inside the Ropes, uh, Kenny and his crew, all the ladies, the gents. Uh, wonderful. They took great care of us, and uh, they're always part of my road family uh, when we have the opportunity to work together. Also want to mention Jay Lethal becoming a two-time Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Yeah, this past weekend, ROH had a very successful uh, – television taping and a week of tv there in fairfax virginia and uh their uh best in the world pay-per-view last friday in baltimore i got real good reviews by a lot of people so they do some real good stuff there and uh you know check out roh good company again more places for the talent to work uh and the in all areas it's a good thing for our business for all aspects of our business to do well and when i see online some blithering idiot fans who are knocking other promotions simply because they don't like the finishes or they don't like a creative element and they damn them to hell like uh, there's no repenting. It's sad because there's no reason that diehard fans like us should be bitching about all these little things going on in the business. I think you support it. Like you can be honest, but to go out of your way to pick it apart, you're taking a joy out of it for a lot of us. That's all I'm saying. So do what you want to do. You will anyway, but just keep that in mind. I think it's better to build something up than to try to pick out the little things to tear it down. And uh, and I know it's challenging sometimes because a lot of us like a different brand of wrestling sometimes, and we're not getting that on a regular diet anywhere. But maybe it's not coming back in that regard. Who knows? LeBron James is coming back to the pay window, if you will. Yes, baby, LeBron James... $154 million. How can he live on that for four years? He signed with the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the best, the worst-kept secrets in all the NBA, where he where, where uh, LeBron was going. And uh, there'll be some mighty NBA battles of California coming up. California, do you folks live out of the country? <laughs> $154 million. Oh, my God. He's got Conrad money. <laughs> Conrad money indeed. Uh, you see where 27-year-old John Tavares, arguably the best player in the National Hockey League, I'm told. He left the New York Islanders, or as they say in that part of the world, the Icelanders, to sign with his hometown Toronto Maple Leafs for only $77 million for seven years. These numbers are phenomenal. 154, 77, unbelievable, unbelievable. And uh, but I want to say on a serious note, because there's a lot of a lot of bullshit here uh, on my end, because 
I knew when I picked the winner that it was not going to end with the greatest happiness because of the fact that the winner of the Slaughter Mark of the Week Award is uh, young Matt Capitelli, 38 years of age, uh, finally had to tap out on his battle with brain cancer last week. Uh, many of you that uh, are maybe too young to, under, to know who Matt was, Matt was one of our best young prospects. Uh, I had great hopes for Matt Capitelli. I think uh, he and uh, John Hennigan, uh, you know, Johnny Nitro, you know, Johnny Morrison, or just Johnny, damn it. Uh, they, they, were, they were just so great ahead of that class uh, and tough enough. And Matt projected well. He had a bright face and shiny eyes and a wonderful smile. He's athletic as hell, had no fear. He reminded me a little bit, and I was scared that, that, that how that might work out, of, of Brian Pillman. Just didn't have any limitations to the fact that he wasn't six feet two and 240 pounds. Didn't care. Didn't know he wasn't that big. He felt that big. He felt powerful. So I, I uh, just had so many nice conversations with Matt, a good kid, sensitive kid, wanted so much to be uh, a wrestling star so much to be a wrestling star and unfortunately uh, cancer uh, took that away from him so uh our condolences to matt's family his friends a lot of fans you know matt uh, we, we had him in ovw there in louisville and he stayed in that area so matt will be missed uh, he was a real warrior uh and his uh ability to fight through uh, as long as he did this horrible horrible disease was uh, nothing short of awe-inspiring. So the winner of the Sovereign Rock of the Week Award, ladies and gentlemen, on a somber note, but on a proud I got to meet you note, is Matt Capitelli. Apparently they have a pet raccoon. Oh, son of a bitch! Well, it's time for the Pet Coon Goofy Award, but this deal here is not goofy at all. Uh, Slobberknocker at Amazon.com. Pretty cool deal right now. It's the audio uh, version. It's free. Uh, with an audible trial so go to uh either audible.com or amazon.com and check it out check out my book the audio book i read it it was challenging to do i'm glad i did looking back on it so you can try the audio version that, that i read of slobber knocker my life in wrestling free f-r-e-e uh, with an audible trial so just go to amazon.com and get after it and we appreciate that the book's still selling good too we sold a lot of books on our tour uh last week with uh inside the ropes folks signed them took pictures with them i just uh, had, a, had a blast really had a blast uh but right now we have to get serious because it's the pet coon goofy award and nor would i ever want to take that with a tongue-in-cheek or tongue in anything quite frankly at this stage of the game uh but i'm thinking that the pet coon goofy award has to start with uh a viable candidate that made a run they had their run they just didn't get their push and my push is taken from me, and I don't know why. He says they long booger hanging from his nose. Uh, but here's the thing: I feel like Jerry Seinfeld. Too. I wish I, was, I wish I was Jerry Seinfeld. I'll just go riding on, have coffee in a car, or what the hell it is. I like coffee. What's the deal when you go to beautiful places like uh, like Scotland, England, Ireland, and you, there's no ice? I'm not talking about, I know there's ice in the wintertime. Getting ice 
in iced tea. When you order iced tea in those countries, it's like you slap the shit out of their mother. It's horrid to think that. I get this large glass of iced tea with lime. I like my iced tea with lime. And, the, and I said, can I get some ice with my oh, iced tea? Iced tea. Just keep this in mind. Iced tea. She brought me my big, tall glass of uh, iced tea. It had two cubes of ice in it that were so small because they were melting. It's melting. Two cubes of ice for iced tea. So I leave, go back in there to ask her to bring me more ice. And I heard her say, and now he wants more ice. What's wrong with these people? So I guess us Americans are these people. I'm not sure. But what's the deal with the damn ice? It can't be that challenging. So uh, anyway, and they look like it's coming out of their pocket. You know, they're, well, there goes my profits. Damn, that's some of wants ice, bastard. Uh, so, and that was always, that was also part of that whole Heathrow calamity. Stay the hell out of Heathrow if you know what's good for you. And if you can't help it, then you make, your, make sure you give yourself plenty of time because they're understaffed in customs and in baggage. And for the love of God, ladies and gentlemen, be pleased, take out your liquids and put them in a small, clear plastic bag for God's sakes. And that does include, lady, your 18 pounds of makeup in your 17 jars right ahead of me in line. Missed my connection. Thank you very much for nothing. I got a little taste of the, the World Cup fever while I was uh, abroad. And uh, this was a uh, major news. Oh, the legendary Diego Maradona. He's a hero, World Cup winner. But he, he, he's got to remember that there's cameras everywhere. And uh, he was attending the event, Argentina, his team, his country, in Nigeria. And uh, Argentina won, uh, two to one, by the way, for keeping score at home. Uh, and uh, Maradona looked like he was in an altered state. He had the suspicious white-looking substance uh, fingerprints on the glass suite in front of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. Giving fans the finger, acting with dramatic gestures, I'm told, uh, dancing with the stadium and event staff, <laughs> then falling asleep during the match, and then needed to be treated by paramedics for what was determined uh, or quoted as a high blood pressure issue. So uh, the white powder was suspicious, and it was everywhere. And I think that uh, after Argentina was eliminated by France in the knockout round, Maradona has since not been seen. So uh, there's got to be more to that story than meets the eye. But can you, can you kidding me? You can't control yourself? In that world, are you that insecure? He's got big problems, man. That ain't going to end happily. How can that be a happy ending for Diego Maradona? So, anyway, that's where I'm looking at that deal. Uh, And finally, the Pet Coon Goofy Award, ladies and gentlemen, goes to the dog handler who is handling the police dog in Bakersfield, California, that bit... Shinsuke Nakamura, which uh, has caused Nakamura to miss SmackDown television wrestling this week. Uh, he also was not unable to compete in Japan, uh, his home country, in a big return. 
and so I think he'll miss somebody. I reckon I read online he's going to miss a couple of weeks. So it must have been a pretty damn serious dog bite. I haven't heard about the stitches or anything, but apparently it's a pretty good open wound because, you know, it's not a puncture type. It might have been kind of torn. Doesn't sound good, does it? So the Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to the dog handler in Bakersfield, California, that let his animal get a little bit out of hand. And, but also, we appreciate your service. Well, as we saunter on into this week in wrestling, uh, some interesting things coming up that are a lot of kind of a great American bash oriented. I do want to remind you that the J.R. and the King Live shows will be debuting in August, commencing in Zanies in Nashville on Thursday, August the 16th. Then a week later on Thursday, August 23rd, we'll be at Zanies in Rosemont in Chicagoland. The King and I. We kind of consider ourselves the voices of the Attitude Era. At least that's our story, and we're sticking to it. So we'll have Q&As, unlimited Q&As about that era or anything else you want to talk about. You know, the king is single, you know. Uh, big meet and greet. Love that. Photo ops. We'll sign your stuff. Autographs, all that. Zanies.com is how you get a ticket. Both of the rooms are, are cozy. Uh, they're cool rooms for shows. But you'll need a ticket. And to get your ticket, simply go to zanies.com. I might not want to wait until the day of the show because, again, uh, we believe both shows are going to sell out. We, we hope that, obviously. That's why we're out there to sell out all the tickets. So zanies.com has them. Love to see you there uh, and, and join us. And uh, 33 years ago, uh, on uh, 1985, the Great American Bash uh, drew 27,000 fans at American Legion Memorial Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. The main event, the American Dream, if you will. Are you Nathan? Or an errand boy? Dusty Rhodes defeats Tully Blanchard to capture the NWA television title. Yes, that Tully Blanchard. The father of Tessa Blanchard. I'm just being a wise-ass. He totally was a hell of a hand. Probably probably not giving the single match a recognition that he deserves because he really got famous with he and Arn and the horseman. 22 years ago, WCW Bash at the Beach, a significant pay-per-view without question in the wrestling history, in my view anyway, because the Hall and Nash, uh, uh, we're going to take on Sting and Macho Man and Luger, big six-man tag, Hogan makes his appearance, uh, and uh, he reveals himself to be the third partner of the of this uh, NWO group, turning heel. Big deal. It was a big deal, and it created the uh, New World Order NWO. And a you know just a the promos are great, whole nine yards. I, what I remember about it, it's funny what you remember about some of those things. I remember the, all the debris thrown into the ring at the end of the match. People were pissed off, but it was a real good booking idea and it was executed very well nice job fellas uh one of my favorite memories and we like i said we always have different things we remember by well it was 21 years ago uh in 1997 in july it was the canadian stampede in your house pay-per-view in calgary or as uh, the late mike shaw used to say in calgary 
Uh, and uh, that was the main event, if you all don't know, was the Hart Foundation, which consisted of Brett Owen, Bulldog, Jim the Anvil, and Brian Pillman. And they defeated a pretty good uh, group of hands here. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Road Warriors, Goldust, and Ken Shamrock. And after, after it was over and the hometown heroes vanquished the outsider in- enemy, human nature again right human nature we love the hearts they're our, they're part of our family they're part of our community they just succeeded we're going to celebrate their in their celebration we're going to celebrate them celebrating and that's what we had and it was the, one of the most emotional uh wonderful moments that i can ever remember just kind of letting it rain down around us because we, we were sitting at ringside it was really cool and Stu was there. At, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know if he got it all, but he was. Hey, uh, he was the patriarch, man. He's the guy. So uh, I, I was. Hey, he made me tap one time in his basement, the dungeon. That'll be in my next our next book. Paul and I are going to write. I'm sure. So we find find the pulse. But in any event, it was really cool. And what I remember about that day was uh, Patterson, uh, Pat Patterson, Bruce Pritchard. Myself, and it seemed like somebody else was with us, and I can't remember who it was. It might have been, it might have been the king. But we all are all. I had a giant turkey leg, and this some just looked like a brontosaurus burger uh, from the from the uh, Flintstones. It was a massive leg. It was embarrassing, but of course, I was hungry, and I don't get embarrassed easily about food. Massive turkey leg. So that's my highlight. My day there's of the of I remember the, the turkey leg and the and the post match celebration, all the minutia in the match. Who tagged who? Who got the heat? Who made a comeback? Blah 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 blah. I don't know. They don't matter to me because what I do I really love the match. I remember that. I love the the ending more than anything, and the post match, and I love that turkey leg. Twenty years ago, forty one thousand we are told, uh, flooded the Atlanta-Georgia Dome, where I actually call the first football game in that, in that building ever. Now it's got a, they got a new dome. But anyway, that's another story for another time. Maybe the second book. Uh, 41,000 seriously on hand to see uh, Goldberg win the WCW World title for the first time, defeating the immortal Hulk Hogan. That's a hell of a house, gents. Hell of a house. 41,000. Amazing. That's really, really cool. And then finally, uh, on This Week in Wrestling, three years ago, Kazuchika Okada defeated AJ Styles at uh, New Japan Dominion in Osaka to capture the IWGP heavyweight title. And now, uh, after his amazing run, We'll see Okada in a tag match, I believe, this weekend on Access TV, while Kenny Omega, my guest later in this program for part two of our interview, will defend the title against Cody, and it should be a classic match. Uh, Happy birthday wishes go out to a few folks here. Uh, On the 4th of July, uh, the late New York Yankees owner George Steinbrenner, the boss, uh, Mr. Steinbrenner was a big wrestling fan, big fan of Dusty Rhodes, if you will, uh, and Bobby Heenan. So uh, George is a big fan. He liked the 
he liked the bravado. He liked the sensationalism. You know, he had a little P.T. Barnum in him. So Mr. Timebrenner was a big wrestling fan, and he was born on this date, and uh, we, uh, we miss him. He's quite a character for our sports society. Former Four Horsemen alumni, that's how it's referred to here, and second-generation wrestler Barry Windham is 58 years old. VW, 58. And uh, while we're on that, his family, his dad, of course, Blackjack Melton, one of the great all-time big men ever, big athletic son of a gun. Uh, we want to wish uh, Barry's nephew, Bray Wyatt, uh, a, a good will quick. He got a little, he got a car accident on the way to work last weekend and missed some bookings. And I'm not sure when he'd be back, but I expect it's not going to be too long. I think he dodged a bullet. Anytime you have a head on crash, you dodge a bullet. If you walk away from it and apparently that's, ha- that's what's happened. So hopefully he'll be, uh, back on a uh, back rolling and he's, they certainly expect him to be at, uh, at, uh, you know, extreme rules in a couple of weeks. Also, birthdays go to Adam Coles, 29. Hell of a talent, boy. Hell of a talent. Big time. He's a big time talent. He reminds me of Shawn Michaels in a lot of ways. He carries himself with great confidence. Uh, he carries himself like he is 6'3 or 4. And he ain't. But he don't know it, so don't tell him. I love that. I love his attitude, his swagger. He's really, really athletic, and he's smart. So uh, happy birthday to Adam Cole, 29 years of age. July the 6th, I like this guy here. Uh, Lars Sullivan is 30 years old. He's about where you want him. Age, he needs more time in front of the fans. But he's got that amazing look and stature that uh, you'd be fools not to use that mug uh, on something. I can see him being. I can see him being a, an actor, character actor. I can see him doing a lot of things, but he obviously wants to be a wrestling star, and I can sure as hell see that. I haven't seen enough of him in the ring to make a. You know, I believe this or that, but he seems like he's got a clue. He seems like he's got great uh, attributes physically, and he and you can't you can't create that face. It's classic. So for what some may look at as a negative, I certainly look at it as a positive. Happy birthday to Lars Sullivan. Uh, the late Vincent James McMahon, VKM's dad, uh, born on July the 6th. He'd have been 104 uh, if he had survived. Uh, one of the most powerful and influential men in the entire history of the wrestling business, bar none. End of story. And as Ernie Lab would say, case closed because I'd let a fatter man than make love to a woman. Uh, I saw an interesting story the other day about this uh, 2002, I think it was 2002, uh, recruit class in, in OVW that included all the guys we've talked about here before. And I mentioned that that, that group, uh, the most athletic guy of the group, I thought, was Shelton Benjamin. I saw a nice feature with uh, Jericho and John Cena taped a while back about that class. Very entertaining, very interesting. You can check that out on WWE Network. Uh, but Shelton Benjamin is 43. He doesn't look it. Uh, uh, he's still got a, a viable place, at least in my mind's eye, because he's, ath- he's still athletic. He's still durable. And he's got great fundamentals. And he's been a coach. He's Brock Lesnar's coach at uh, University of Minnesota. We signed both of them, a package deal. So Shelton, his birthday, uh, July the 9th, 43. And uh, big sexy, big sexy. Hall of Famer Kevin Nash, 
59 years of age on July the 9th, uh, the Renaissance man. Uh, he is a, he may be the world's most interesting man, Kevin Nash, WW Hall of Famer. And to all, ladies and gents, I say, happy birthday. Look at this! Well, we are meandering our way to the mailbag. One of my favorite parts of this program, the Jim Ross Report. A new show drops every Wednesday, folks, come hell or high water. Last week we recorded in, uh, I think we were in, uh, where were we? uh, England. We we're in England. And then on uh, this week, I'm in the studios the Cat Radio in Oklahoma City. And next week, I'll be in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. So uh, looking forward to those uh, situations. And why, you may ask, are you going to be in Asheville, Jr.? Because on uh, Wednesday, July the 11th, uh, I'm donating my time as the national spokesperson of uh, Headlock on Hunger. Uh, the food drive will be at the, at the Ingalls on Tunnel Road. Tunnel Road, main thoroughfare there in Asheville. Beautiful Ingalls store. Big, big parking lot. We'll be right in front of the store, uh, up near the road, uh, getting your uh, food items. Uh, it's important that we feed these children when they're not in school. When they're away from school for any extended length of time, a startling amount of kids just don't eat. And that's not right. So uh, I'm going out there on my dime to see my friend uh, Bill Murdoch and all the great folks that work at Ingalls and Arby's and, you know, uh, Joe Brummett, all these, there's so many good people that that's one of the nicest communities in the world and that is Asheville. So the Ingalls store, Tom Outlaw runs Eagles, Ingalls. They got over 200 stores. It's a, it's a massively well-run organization. Uh, so check it out uh, this Wednesday uh, on July the 11th, uh, Headlock on Hunger, Food Drive, Ingalls on Tunnel Road, uh, I'll be there with J.J. Dillon and uh, Beth Copeland uh, on uh, from 10 to noon and from then from 1 to 3. I guess we're getting an hour off for lunch. <laughs> so uh, Beth will probably go work out. J.J. and I'll go sit down and eat. Makes sense, right? All right, moving on to the mailbag. So I'll see you in, in Asheville next week. Headlock on Hunger, headlockonhunger.org. Uh, uh, do, do great work. And Bill Murdoch, he's the best, no doubt about it. Uh, this is from Gregory Bruce Phillips in Troy, Alabama. I bet when his mama gets mad at him, she says, Gregory Bruce, get your ass in the house. Uh, hi, JR. Love your work on Access TV every week. Thank you, sir. Who do you see winning this year's G1? And do you have a match in mind you'd like to see for the IWGP title at Russell Kingdom in January? Uh, I'll try to answer these as best I can. The G1, I'm thinking Okada has a shot at winning that. And, uh, I think he'll be in the d- debate without question. So Okada winning would not be a shocker, I guess, for a lot of people, but it seems like it might be the thing to do. Uh, Wrestle King, or the yeah, Wrestle Kingdom main event, I just hope the Omega still got the title, uh, or, or Cody, one of the two, because uh, I'd like to see where they go with it. I really believe that uh, New Japan's done a nice job of putting a title on somebody and letting that person evolve the title and grow within the title as their character. Certainly Okada did that over all those title defenses in New Japan. I believe overall, uh, quite frankly, Gregory Bruce Phillips, that there are too many titles in the business in general, and it waters down the ones that you want to mean something. So uh, but we'll see. Hope you check out the show this weekend. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Remember, Friday night on Access, the entire uh, two out of three fall classic between uh, Omega and, uh, and Okada, two out of three falls, nothing edited out everything 
uh, on Friday night leading into the uh, live show on Saturday at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Uh, from Chase Terry, if that is your real name, Chase. Uh, hey, JR, loving the new podcast, watching WrestleMania 18 with Undertaker versus Ric Flair. Did you come up with the Booger Red nickname for Taker uh, during that era? And as the king asked, what does it mean? Well, there's a, I've, I've asked this question a few times. I, I probably of all the names I threw out there that some stuck stuck and some didn't. This one did not, obviously. If it did, it stuck in a bad way. Uh, but the booger red definition is very simple, and, and this is a very often asked question. Booger red was in reference to the great Texas linebacker, the late Tommy Nobis. Tommy Nobis wore number sixty. He had like a twenty-inch neck, had red hair, and so his uh, all through school. Because he was a, such a fierce hitter at 6'3", probably 245, middle linebacker. He was huge for that position in that era. He, he, he unhinged people. They, his nickname was Booger Red. Well, the, if you look in the dictionary what a booger is, other than not something that you go look for with your index finger and your nose, uh, booger means like a, a goblin or something like that, a, a scary uh, a, a person or scary entity, more specifically. So I thought, well, this might stretch out there and make something. Was Undertaker's that you know, macabre-type figure. And uh, Booger Red was uh, you know, kind of a tribute to his uh, Texas heritage. And it, uh, basically what happened is shit the bed. And so that's where we are. So that's what Booger Red was. It was, a, it was trying to uh, use a little football uh, and Tommy Novus was the baddest of the bad. Uh, nobody like him. He, he'd tear you apart, blah, blah, blah. Taker, same way in his world. Uh, and Taker, of course, had red hair, naturally red hair. And anyway, the more you explain it, the more crappy it is. So thanks, Chase Terry, for nothing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> thanks for writing us. Uh, anybody can write us can get questions here. Uh, it's at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. That's that simple. So if you got a question for us or a suggestion or comment, producer Ted will take care of you like you're his own. He'll nurse you like a suckling pig. Producer Ted will do that. And a figure of speech, obviously. A figure of speech. So, uh, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Love to have your questions or your feedback. Uh, Cameron in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Oh, my home state. Howdy, JR. That's how we Yoki's talk. He's probably wearing a hat, chewing on a straw. Howdy, JR. Howdy, Cameron. My name is Cameron. I'm from the southeast corner of Oklahoma, Broken Bow. Mountain country, he says. Mountain territory. My question, would you like to see Dean Ambrose return as a heel? A heel? Oh, my God, Kenny's a heel. Jim Cornette. And feud with Strowman, who in storyline injured him. I think that would pop, really boost his co- comeback and give him some momentum. Well, here's the thing there, Cameron. Uh, Dean Ambrose is going to come back to a hero's welcome because he's been missed. He's new. What we say earlier, everybody wants new. He's new again. And secondly, uh, I don't know how much momentum that Dean Ambrose will get having a program with, with Strowman, unless you believe losing in 10 or 15 minutes is getting momentum, because that's probably what would happen. So I say you bring him back, uh, let him get back established as a fan favorite and that kind of a crazy character that he is, and then, then let it evolve. But he's going to be a baby face coming back because he's been missed he said surgery uh, and the whole nine yards. He's missed a big part of a, a big year for him. So uh, I think he, I don't think him coming back as a villain makes any sense. 
So but we'll see. Stranger things have happened. And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, is this week's mailbag on this highly organized uh, the Jim Ross Report here from the studios of the Cat here in Oklahoma City. We got a tremendous response last week for our conversation with Kenny Omega, the IWGP heavyweight champion who will defend his title in the historic Cow Palace this Saturday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, live as it happens on Access TV, no net. Here we go, boys. Let's have a good one, as they say. So uh, we talked to Kenny last week. Uh, this week, m- more on that from that conversation, and including the invariable the question that you know people are going to want to know, and they ask it every day of him because we were laughing about it. Is what's his thoughts on WWE? It's got it's on the radar. How can it not be on the radar if you're a wrestler? Realistically, now somebody's a diehard New Japan fan. Probably, uh, God damn it, Jr. You crazy old bastard! It shouldn't be. Or it could be Terry Funk. Ron Dan Ross, you crazy. So point is, is that, uh, you know, uh, the the WWE is the big dog in the yard. You can't ignore it. It ain't going to go away. So, you know, I'd learn to, to live with it, uh, and quite frankly, because it's a great option. You don't ever want to eliminate an option like that. Well, that would make no sense. You And Kenny's too good a businessman uh, to eliminate that. And that goes for anybody there. Uh, if it's about the money uh, in your career, if it's about earning the most money, then you obviously have to consider WWE if you do this for a living. Make sense? Of course it does. So uh, we talk about a lot of things here this, in this particular uh, segment with Kenny. So let's uh, get it started. I think you're going to like this. My conversation with Kenny Omega, the champ. What kind of goals does Kenny Omega, the IWGP heavyweight champion, have. I'm thinking yep. that maybe it's to get to January 4th and still be the uh, possessor of the championship, for one thing. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool. I, I had never thought that I would main event at Tokyo Dome, and, and now I've done two in a row, and I'm hoping for three. Um, I'm trying to incorporate as many side projects as possible because I feel like to increase our sort of brand and to... Um, become more household, it's not necessarily going to be as a result of how good our matches are. Our matches are already, I don't know how they've been as good as they have been. And it's, it's something very hard to reproduce on a, on a nightly basis and on a, on a big show to big show basis. So I think it's, it's time for us to make more special types of appearances. I've been trying to actively search for more commercials and stuff like that. We did the thing, um, sort of with WWE at E3 right. gaming convention. And that was something really cool. And it was awesome that both companies had each other's blessings and it's stuff like that, that I think that, you know, it, it makes more fans. It creates more awareness. Um, it shows that, you know, there's a possibility of, of all these worlds coming together and just giving the, the best possible product. And I love all those guys. And, you know, I, you know, we're, we all get together and get along and, and it's so cool that we could get together and sort of, put together this project um, that, you know, was, was non-wrestling related, but at least was able to show, you know, the competitiveness between two different wrestling companies and two sets of, of athletes that normally wouldn't get to compete against each other. So, I mean, situations like that, I'm always all for. And um, I'm hoping to create more moments like that. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you keep kind of 
going against the grain and going against people's expectations and kind of reinventing the wheel, um, as long as it moves it in the positive direction, of course, you may see some crazy things. And, you know, uh, Xavier Woods and the New Day guys and myself and, and the elite Young Bucks, we are all for that kind of movement. And I think that um, because of that, who knows? The sky's really the limit. Yeah. And while that, all that's happening, you know, I'm, I'm producing my own show in Daytona Beach, as I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the G1 coming up very shortly, which is happening right after the Cow Palace. So, I mean, that's our, the biggest tournament of the year. Usually attracts a lot of eyes. And um, as a champion, which has never been, I've never been the champion going into a G1, there's sort of a different kind of expectation of your tournament performance. So I'm going to have to take that and make it my own. Um, and I think that'll be real cool. I look real forward to that. It's going to make uh, for a very different kind of feeling for my matches especially because everyone kind of looks at the the round-robin matches against the champ as sort of a, a reason to have an excuse to challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. So every match has to be taken seriously. Every match has a, a hidden value to it, aside from just the two points moving up in your block. So I'm looking forward to um, kind of carefully orchestrating how that story moves and works throughout the, the, my block of the tournament. It's very logical booking. You know, so yep. if I beat if you're the champ and I I beat you, which if I beat you, then the, the world's going to stop. We're all dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, uh, I, I'm thinking, man, it, that's the it's such easy thing to to promote and to communicate to the to the fan base, the TV viewer. You know, this guy beat the champ here, and and now he's got an opportunity to go one on one and try to beat him again and become the champion. Yep, certainly it makes sense to me. It's just again, we're not you that. Ghetto and whoever helped does Ghetto do most of the booking alone? Uh, no, he he. I mean, I, I'm sure Giotto, He tosses in some ideas, and there's another fellow named Kikuchi who's kind of behind the scenes. Um, and the best part about that is, is it's not that he is sort of this tyrant that's like this is happening and this is happening, this is happening. He comes up with an idea and a backbone. He presents it to the people that are involved. He asks if if they're cool with it, and it either goes down exactly like he suggests it or. You know, he knows me by now well enough. He's like, this is my idea. Now, what's your spin on it? You know what I mean? And, and we'll kind of sit down together and we'll come up with a brand, a brand new idea sort of surrounding Gato's original idea. So he's really open to everyone's creative input, which is also, I think, one of the reasons why, you know, New Japan has kind of a, a completely different feel to it from other wrestling products out there. The, uh, I can tell you in, uh, back in history that Bill Watts, was the booker for Eddie Graham's Florida Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eddie, when Bill was only working, just, uh, was a worker, he's on top, Eddie would pick Watts' brain on not only Bill's matches and how to extend a program or how to get the second week or the third week, whatever it is, because all these towns are running weekly. Yeah. Uh, so it's challenging as heck. Yeah. And, and they became dependent on DQs and countouts and you know, referee stop, you know, craziness. So fans went home week after week feeling unfulfilled of any kind. I'm not really pissed off because my, my guy lost because he didn't really lose or I'm not really angry at the villain because he lost because he didn't really lose. You keep your emotions in, in, in suspension. I don't understand that logic. So Watts is a guy that uh, Eddie Graham used as a talent 
Then he finally made him the booker, and then he finally became his partner, and they bought into Leroy McGurk's territory, where I broke in in 1974. But during that whole time I worked for Bill, he'd have top, top guys come in, and they were always in a meeting with him, and I took notes or whatever uh, to work on their storyline. He wanted their input because he always said, if the talents have good ideas, don't be so egocentric to not use them. Use them. And if they have an emotional investment and they got a little skin in the game here, they're going to execute the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that. uh, McMahon used to do that with Austin. Austin had a real quick, he had a real quick judge. He either liked something or he didn't like it. My only complaint about that was, like a lot of talents, if he didn't like something so vehemently, but he unfortunately all the time didn't have the solution. Right. And there is, and there's no answer for all the time having a solution. That doesn't happen. So I really think that uh, what Ghetto's doing is something that smart bookers have used for generations. And I'm sure that when you lay your show out in Daytona Beach, hell, you want some feedback from the guys that are working, right? Of course, yep. What do you Certainly. do well? You know, what do you, what's your strength and so forth? So uh, I'm, uh, I really like that. You're... The thing about it, I don't know how to describe you, Kenny. It's, it's interesting. I've thought about it a lot. and I, I really believe, that, well, I mean, I'm in a good way, but you have great old school fundamental uh, beliefs in a lot of things. But you're, you're delivering that belief in whole new packaging. And so I love that. And I have become a big fan. And I was telling to Josh Barnett the other day, you know, when we first started, you're a junior heavyweight. Yeah. You're, you know, and you could tell you're working your ass off. I've always loved your passion and your drive and your creativity. Uh, and the things that you do well, you're not afraid to do them more than once. Right. I don't know how many V-Turgers I saw yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's about to happen when you're going 65. I, I, I try not to, uh, you know, I, I have a very limited tool chest because I try to, to do anything, anything that I do well. I try to have it so that it's something that looks very much like only the way I do it, so that it can't be reproduced in the same fashion. If that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, it's just uh, it, I just I sell the hell out. I, I I'm like a fan. I was coming in my chair in an empty room on, watching on a, on a huge television screen uh, watching uh, that match. I just I got really into it. I loved it. I thought it was terrific. I don't. Do you get kidded about Meltzer's uh, star system because? Hey, look, I, have, I ain't got no hill to die on that deal. I, 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 Dave's a friend of mine. Yep. I, I have great respect for him and his knowledge and his contributions to the business, which will probably get me in trouble with us in some circles, which I don't care. It's just he's a friend. He's a friend. Uh, and, but I, I, uh, I, don't have no, I don't have no cross to bear on that thing. What's your theory on the star rating? Has it been a blessing or a curse for you? Um. Uh, originally, um, you know, for the first Okada match, I would say it was certainly a blessing. Uh, the feedback from social media really helped that match because it allowed the word of mouth to kind of expand and, and just traverse in a, an incredible amount of ground in, in such a short period of time, and it allowed for a lot of new eyes on our product. Um, so, and not only that, once everything was all said and done, okay, you know, sort of the hype is sort of dying down, but then, oh, here's Dave Meltzer saying that it's six out of five star match. Like, how often do you hear about that? Yeah. Okay, there's a resurgence of this match now. Dave actually has um, sort of a lot of influence over some of the, the, the people that are wrestling fans. So if he says a match is good, um, a lot of them will watch what he suggests is a good match. And even if... And this is sort of the, uh, working in the opposite manner. 
if they are detractors of Dave Meltzer, they're going to watch the matches that he says are great. Yeah. Quite. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so they could say, how could Dave Meltzer say that this yeah. match was... was how dare he? Or whatever. Yeah. So Dave has more influence in wrestling than a lot of wrestlers themselves have in wrestling. So, um, yeah, and, and for, I would say that, you know, he's a, he's a friend of mine. You know, he's always been a, a very kind man towards me and a supporter. And um, I never take it personally if I don't get five or six or seven stars. <laughs> yeah. Um, I understand that that's just his opinion. And, and that's the thing is that he's not afraid to represent and stand by what he rates his matches. And he doesn't care if he's kind of hurting the feelings of the performers themselves. I'm sure a lot of people felt hurt when, you know, they thought they had a five-star match but only got four or three and a half or whatever it is. Um, I, I just think it's, it's, you've got to be able to separate it. And a lot of people say it and a lot of people stand by it where, you know, that is one man's opinion. And if you thought it was a five-star match, then guess what? It was a five-star match. Um, Dave is very knowledgeable. He knows a lot about the world and the history of pro wrestling. Um, so his opinion is a valuable one, for sure. You could definitely use it as a baseline for kind of selecting matches that maybe you should put in your radar. But, you know, it isn't the be-all, end-all. And if you like something, you like something. And, um, you know, there's a chance, too, where it may not be in your taste. Um, you know, Dave generally doesn't rate comedy matches very high, but I love comedy matches. So when it comes to Dave Meltzer's star ratings... I'm not going to listen to his opinion when he rates a comedy match because I may absolutely love it. So, yeah. Um, oh, but uh, as going back to your question, though, was a blessing or a curse, as of right now, you know, when I get a seven-star match, um, of course I get my fair share of congratulations and all that. Um, people are always happy for me and the performers involved. But, um, you know, it leads to a lot of sort of hateful messages as well. And... <laughs> And it always so happens to be these days, too, where anytime we have a big show the next week, you know, there's, there's going to be a, uh, you know, a WWE show. And those fans, regardless of if they've seen my stuff or not, they have to tag me in social media. And my timeline gets filled with, this match was better than your match. This match was better than your match. And okay, I, I get it. <laughs> if you think so, no problem. Like, it's not bothering me. But just don't pollute my TL because I can't see my own stuff anymore, you know? It doesn't concern me. I, I got a little bit of that uh, that first experience there from some of the New Japan hardcore fans in the States. You know, they, for whatever reason, and I'm sure there are plenty of reasons, I'm sure some have revivaled their opinion. Hell, I don't know. Right. Uh, it's an opinion. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I don't have the time or the inclination or the desire to argue with everybody about differing opinions. But yeah. a lot of people, and I'm sure they still do, would prefer to have Kevin Kelly and Don Callis to do all or anything to do with New Japan. I happen to believe they do an excellent job. I also happen to like both guys. I have great respect for both guys. But I also believe that what Josh and I can bring to that uh, formula based on how we're told to uh, broadcast from Access TV can help get more guys over because it's another voice endorsing the product. Very true. I mean... <laughs> If you could take it one step even further and say, well, it doesn't feel like New Japan when you have English commentary, so why don't they just subtitle the Japanese commentary? You know what I mean? You could get as ridiculous as you want with it, but it's, it, it's exactly what you said. It's just, it's, it's not going to be based on, on one team or another team. It's just, if everyone's passionate about the product that they're calling, um, it's, I think it's good for the company. And you guys being two very recognizable names in, in, in various circles, it's, it's going to help, and especially if you guys actually like what we do. Absolutely. 
you can hear the passion in your voices and it's going to make it more fun for the viewers. I, I do know. like I do like yeah. what you do. I really do. I I and I've become a big fan of it. I'll tell you, it uh, some of the fundamental stuff, the selling, the working snug, uh, doing what you do, and doing and not being afraid. Like I talked about your V trigger, tongue in cheek, but my God, it's scintillating. And so, <laughs> why wouldn't you use it if you got that opportunity to fit where you were in your match at that point in time? Right. Yep. So I I uh, I I'm looking forward to that as well. Now, look, you're the champ now over there. You're you know the guy's got to go on last. And I. I tell people sometimes that they don't understand the pressure when you're the guy and you're always going to go on last as a rule, especially as long as you're the champion and you're in single matches, you're going on last. Right. Uh, and I always thought, or some guys, Austin was a guy like that. I remember one time in a show in L.A. where I am now, uh, we put Austin in a tag for Vince. He hardly ever got involved in the house show bookings at that, that one era. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I put it, he said, well, Steve's been working hard. He said, Get him on early and put him in a tag. So there are two things that would piss off Austin. Put him on early and put him in a tag. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, he calls me at home. No, I think Jack Lanza may have called me at home. Okay. Black Jack Lanza and uh, oh. good man. Smart guy, too. Uh, he calls and said, oh, we got a little problem out here. <laughs> I said, okay, what is it now? He said, oh, somebody wants to talk to you. You know, okay. So I, and it was Steve. Oh, what the hell are you doing? You know, he was cussing and I said, take it easy there, foul. Take it easy. You know, the strongest weapon in wrestling is an eraser. So <laughs> let me, let me get my weapon out here and I'll, I'll fix this for you. So I put him on last. I put him in, in a single match, which is, we had originally booked, mm-hmm. uh, which we should have had anyway. But then the discussion was he's wore, he's wearing down and he needs to be pa- facing himself. Right. So I put him in. He wanted, He said, I didn't work my ass off all my life in territories making 25, 40 bucks a day and uh, to become somebody and not go on last. I worked all my life to be able to go on last. Do you have that? Do you have kind of that same mentality, Kenny, where you're going to be working with a lot of different guys? Because Okada got a, a who's who of guys to work with. You know, all oh. the, that. I, I, call, I was lucky. I, got, I replaced Morrow. If that's not even a good statement. I substituted for Morrow because Morrow was really, really good. Great. And, fantastic. And, oh, yeah. He's a great kid. And a good guy, man. I love that special in Showtime, the documentary. Uh, I have so much respect for him. But nonetheless, uh, I got to be a part of that whole damn run of Okada. Yeah. Called them all. And I just and then, of course, you started. Then you came in, and I I just learned your work, your work even better. What I was impressed with, Kenny, is that you, you don't have the fear of trying to a different pace, a different approach, because all is going to end up at the same destination, a win. Yep. That's, that's the ultimate goal. That's where the hotel room is. Here it is. Our destination is the win. Mm-hmm. Anybody, how does that, how do you factor that? How do you, how do you, I'm, I'm getting convoluted here, but how do you, how do you process the responsibility of going on last now virtually every night? Well, uh, hmm, that's a good question. I sort of, I mean, I, I really do uh, appreciate the responsibility of, of being the guy they count on, and I don't take it lightly. And by the same token, I don't want to ever get into sort of a pattern of having a formula where every match looks the same, feels the same. Right. Um, because even if you're in a, a wrestler that can draw emotion, real emotion from a crowd, eventually your matches will 
appear lifeless and soulless. <laughs> and people will sense, even if they don't realize it at first, that something feels off and it's, ah, oh, it's because the exact same sequence happens every match. Um, people are smarter now, and they can pick up on those things real quick, especially if you don't have sort of a storied history, like if you're not a le- already a legend. Um, so I sort of treat all my matches and my journey as episodic TV, where, and I like to think of it as almost uh, you know, a, a, a superhero show, where you know, you're going to have these larger-than-life performers and athletes, whether they're the good guy or bad guy or whatever, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I, I like to compare it is that if, if you're Batman, let's say you're Batman, and episode one, you know, you, you, maybe you're going to face the Riddler. And that episode is going to be much different than facing the Penguin next week. And that episode is going to be much different than facing, you know, um, the Joker. Like, it's the thing, the problem with a lot of wrestlers these days, um, and this goes across the board. It's not really based on company. It's, I'm talking about almost everybody. Everybody that has a, you know, in, in their Batman series, they want every week to be the Joker. They want every week to be the be-all, end-all. So they're going to empty the tank, and they're going to kill themselves and kill their opponent and, and, and do things that aren't necessarily, that don't necessarily make sense towards the match. My, my hope is that, no, none of the opponents will be the same in my title. And I mean, they might be. There may be, like, you know, um, another Okada match tossed in there. I may work Cody again. But when the opponents vary from each other, there just has to be a different story. Absolutely. There has to be. Yeah, if, if someone goes by and, and, and let's say, Axis does, does a thing like what they did with Okada, covering all, the, all of his defenses, I want each and every one of those matches, when they go back and look through it, I want them to look and feel different. Right. Other, otherwise, what's the point, you know? So, and, well, and they, what's the point of even following my career at that point, if, especially if they know that, okay, this is where he does this, this is where he does that, this is where he does this, you know, the one dipsy do and then we're going home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think it's important to feel like you're part of a different, a complete different story and experience. Talents have got to stop being creatively lazy. Yeah. And, and, and emotionally invest in the damn business and be proud of their artwork that they're creating and, uh, and count their blessings that they're in a business that you and I obviously both love, mm. uh, and, and, and count their blessings here, man. Uh, we've voiced over the, uh, Takahashi Ishimori, uh, super juniors final. Oh, that was a whole yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was an athletic, uh, for sh- certainly an, an athletic display if I had ever seen one. Yeah, I uh, I I was I was very impressed, and yeah. Hiromu is a unique cat. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, he's got it. Yep, he's got he something that is it like, and he's gets better every time I see him. Yeah, he's, he has that factor in him that you can't train. He it's it's very yes, yeah, a je ne sais quoi factor. I've never had je ne sais quoi use of my show before. I'm pretty damn. Oh, really? I'm pretty, damn, go, yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> damn depressed right now, buddy. Hey, so. Is there, is there, if you say, if I said, hey, Kenny, give me five names, uh, 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 so there's a lot, everybody there will probably have a great match with you, or, or a good match, a great match, but is there like a little short list of uh, three or four or five guys that you sure, as long as you're blessed with this run, that you want to make sure you have that singles match with, uh, outside of Okada, which, we, like of you course. said, it's kind of inevitable yeah. it might happen again, but probably not tomorrow type thing. No, of course. Well, um, 
I mean, sort of the match that a lot of people are looking forward to, and it's, it's going to happen because they've announced it for the G1, is the match with Ibushi. And um, I'm sort of really chomping at the bit to show everyone what Ibushi is really capable of. Um, a lot of people do know what he, what he can do, but I don't think he's shown it kind of in this newest form of his. I think he's really ready to take the ball and kind of step into the, the, the league of, you know, four or five top guys that could main event any, any show for New Japan. And I think that this G1 performance is the perfect way to kind of display that he's one of those individuals. So Ibushi's one of them for sure. I only get, ever get to work with Naito once a year, so I'd love to wrestle him again. Um, <laughs> he's great, man. Yeah, he's really, really good. For sure. Um, one person I have never worked in the New Japan ring, and I'm, I'm very happy to get the chance and show the difference of styles, is uh, Zack Sabre Jr. So oh. that'll be another one. Yeah, I'd love to and see he, that. Yeah, he's, he's, a fe- he's special, man. He's yeah. another guy who's got some hit factor, no doubt. For sure. Um, and, you know, this may be speaking, you know, a little prematurely, but I see Hiromu as a guy that could possibly graduate from being a junior heavyweight and move on to other things just due to the fact that his, his charisma is, is too huge to be contained in just one division. I think he can do more than what he's doing right now. Um, and I think they really need to kind of capture the lightning in the bottle with that rather than keep him chained down, so to speak. Um, and yeah, for me, it's like original, original, you can't see him every day kind of moments are important to me. So, I mean, I'll even say like a guy, like I'd like to show what I could do with a guy like Will Ospreay. Um, we're working with Ray Mysterio Jr. So, I mean, that's another guy who I'd love to, to show sort of, you know, that style of match. Um, I, I really think our styles could work well together. So a lot of, a lot of options and, um, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of avoid like the matches that people would say, oh, well, for sure, you know, you're going to do this and that. And, you know, that's why you know, you, I'm glad that you said right off the bat, like, don't, don't use Okada's name because it's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's obvious. That, 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 that match has, has its own brand, Kenny. Yeah. It really does. I mean, you guys have got that Flair Steamboat-like uh, rivalry and, and more importantly, the, the amazing chemistry of being unselfish to help enhance both guys' perception. And their TV personas. I'm uh, really impressed with all that professionalism that I don't know everybody notices. I do. And I know that uh, uh, you guys are very willing to help the other guy get even more over. Because if we do that enough, then our business, wherever we work, is a better deal. It's a better, it's a better environment. Uh, I would be remiss because I've had too many of my followers that uh, this will – when is Kenny going to WWE? So I'm not going to ask you that question. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that you get uh, a load of what's your thoughts on WWE. So I'll just leave it generic like that. Right. What are your thoughts, Kenny, on WWE as it relates to Kenny Omega in the, down the road sometime? Right. Well, um, hmm. I, I've been keeping up to date kind of with the goings-ons. And, you know, I always, at the very least, look at sort of, you know, the highlights of, of every show. Um, you know, with both brands and uh, 205 Live and even the NXT stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy for everyone that, that's doing well there. Um, again, like I just was able to work in a fantastic program with the New Day. And um, they really brought something special to, to that sort of feud and it's because, you know, all three of those guys are very special athletes, they're very special performers, they have a special kind of charisma, they know how to work the people, work for cameras, work for the TV, 
Um, and, you know, when I think about the possibilities of, you know, what it would be like if I could ever mix it up with some of those guys, it gets me excited because there are a lot of great performers and, and a lot of guys that even though they came up through the indies, you know, we were sort of in different stages of our lives and we never mixed it up together. I could say, you know, if I could work with Seth Rollins at some point in time, that'd be a lot of fun. Be awesome. You know, because he was a guy. Um, Dan, Daniel Bryan, I could see that. I could, I could dig that. Dan, right. Kenny yep. Omega and Daniel Bryan, that'd be a match that people would clamor to see, in my view. Uh, and I know you guys would match up well. So for us, oh, again, this, us old school wrestling guys, you, you enjoy excellent artwork. Yeah. Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan or Seth Rollins and a variety of other guys would yeah. be new art. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's like when I when I think about the the possibilities of stuff like that, it does get me excited. Um, and like it, it's now, it's just everyone, everyone. Like there's so every promotion has so many good guys that it's there's really there's no way that I would have a bad time going almost anywhere because the, the, the depth to the talent is so deep. And um, WWE right now has a very great collection of talent and with guys that I, you know, I'd feel, I would feel like it was a missed opportunity if I couldn't work with them at some point. And of course, you know, the, the huge name um, amongst all that is AJ. You know, I would love to work with him. Oh, AJ wow. Point. So... And I'd, I'd like to be able to do it while I can still move. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man. Yeah, and, that's, so. and we fans uh, uh, would, would support any of those efforts. I know you're very loyal and dedicated. You're building something special as far as your legacy, which I know is important to you. It was, it was very important to me. It didn't, my legacy, which I could think was confused in my mind with my ego uh, at parts of my life, mm-hmm. has been that blessing and a curse. Uh, but legacies are important for all of us that are because we're in a unique business. We're yeah. in a business that largely doesn't get much respect whatsoever. So if we can bring respectability and success to our own home base, that's a damn good feeling because we're in a business that you're not supposed to have any credibility or respect. You know, very true. Yeah, it's supposed to be a laughing stock. Yeah. So I, uh, I, 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 I really appreciate what you're doing. Well, listen, man, I appreciate all your time. I look forward to seeing you on July the seventh. In the legendary Cow Palace in San Francisco, uh, tickets are still available, folks, at Ticketmaster. Uh, uh, there are not as many. There's, there's still a lot of very uh, economically priced. I think the forty dollars tickets, some of those are still available. But go to Ticketmaster.com, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Cow Palace. You get all the information you need. And the main event will be Kenny Omega defending the IWGP title against uh, Cody. Yep. Uh, and. Uh, See, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with this. I can't call him Cody Rhodes. Stop. You got to stop yourself. Uh, yeah. I know. It is, it, I'm just, I'm a, like a child. I, I want my way. You know, I want my Cody Rhodes or whatever. But in any event, that's going to be a great match. Hey, the, I got to believe now uh, they'll do an over under on uh, on the stars for that match. And I bet you the over under is going to be around probably, the, I'll take the over at four. That's pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I the thing is, um, <sighs> It, you know, with with Cody, I like to really tell a, a very deep, intricate story, and um, one that relies less on shock factor, if possible. Mm-hmm. And on the current, and, and a lot of people's star scales, you know, if you're not jumping off a thirty foot platform, you know, through a table, <laughs> yeah. you're losing out on stars. Amen. And for, for me, it's not about that whatsoever. And I, I just want to 
to drag people in for an emotional ride if possible. It's the old psychology, Kenny, of the, the heel can wrestle. And yeah. he thinks he's really, really good, the best in the world at wrestling. But nope. then when the baby face starts to get the edge and out-wrestle the wrestling heel, then what does the heel do? He cheats to yep. gain an unfair advantage. Yep. Everybody can understand that story, whether you're little Johnny at six or, or grandpa at you know, 76. It don't matter. We all get it. So I'm, yep. I'm looking forward to that. Kenny's on Twitter, folks. Uh, a very good follow, Kenny Omega Man X. Yep. So check that out. Thank you, uh, and I look forward to talking to you and, and shaking your hand when I see you in San Francisco when you guys yeah. tear, tear it up. Looking real forward to it. Thank you so much. You bet, buddy. Appreciate your time. All right. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye-bye. That's one sharp cat, ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Omega. Ch- check him out this uh, weekend on Access TV. Uh, we expect to set a ratings record this weekend. 5 o'clock uh, in the Cow Palace on television, 8 o'clock on the East Coast. Access TV is your place to be. Josh Barnett will carry me through another broadcast, hopefully, and we'll have a lot of fun. You know, the five-star reviews that we've been getting are much appreciated. We've got 973 five-star ratings so far, and we thank you all of you for doing that. Uh, you can do it more than once, I think. Easy Wall says, uh, great podcast every week. JR motivates me to do my best and be happy that I am on my team at work. Damn right, buddy. Damn right. Keep up the great work. You as well. Millennium 2000 says, love the show. No one tells a story and paints a verbal picture quite like good old JR. Keep up the amazing work. Well, thank you. And I'm going to keep it up for a while. JR, when are you going to retire? Look, you're going to read about me in a tragic way because it ain't going to be in a damn nursing home. Uh, You know, he was found in a Marriott or something. I don't know. I'm not going to wood now. I don't want that to happen either. But retire and do what? And I love what I do. It doesn't feel like work. Uh, and I really love doing this. That's why I'm encouraging you to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your audio. And just don't forget to leave us that elusive, must-loved, we-must-have-it-must-embrace-it uh, five-star review. And also check out the new uh, Westwood One uh, podcast app. It's, you know, all the Westwood One dynasty that that uh, is being built by the mighty Westwood One uh, will be are on that. Uh, you got 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff and Connie. You know, Connie's getting married. And I wasn't even invited. <laughs> I got him a Mont Blanc pen. I love to get people pens. And I love for them to give me Gucci loafers. Uh so 83 weeks doing great on the network talk is jericho always kills it reliable entertain entertainment from our buddy chris jericho uh who's the his cruise is taking the form of a new life of a different life that we're going on this fall chris cruise.com is your information there are still a few cabins left but it's going fast it's no, this is not hyperbole chris has got a head on his hands and he bankrolled it he went out and did it all, much like the Young Bucks and Cody are doing uh, all in on September 1st. He got all in on all his money. And when he got a lot of skin in the game, it means a whole hell of a lot more. So I'm glad I, me and the King will be, uh, be the MCs. We're still not sure what we do, but uh, it'll be fun, no doubt. Uh, so keeping it 100 with the Conan is on, on this app, Westwood One.
the Raven Effect. I heard Raven on uh, Busted Open. I'd love to listen to Busted Open uh, radio on Sirius XM. Do and, you know if I'm near a radio or if I, or if I can get it on the uh, on demand uh, fa- uh, feature of my of the site. Uh, it's a big deal. I enjoy uh, the conversations. Dave LaGreca and all his hosts, co-hosts, Bubba Ray, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, they do great. So and I enjoy the show. But Raven was very good on it the other day. He's very coherent. Sounded good. Scotty, Scotty is a very smart kid. He's no kid. I know he's not a kid anymore. He's got more gray hair than I do. So uh, check it out. Uh, all the things going on. Search Westwood One Podcasts in the app and google play stores today and we will thank you tomorrow anybody remember wimpy popeye cartoons i'll gladly pay you tuesday for a hamburger today and right now i'm so damn hungry my stomach thinks my throat's been slashed uh remember on that edifying note to join us on twitter at jrsbbq i promise you you'll like it we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well at Jim Ross BBQ. Uh, and next week on this very program, I've just been informed, we will have uh, uh, the lovely Hall of Famer, Beth Copeland, former Beth Phoenix, will be on the show next week. And I'm going all the way to her hometown of Asheville, North Carolina to record it. So we'll do that uh, next week. It'll be a lot of fun. She's a class act. She's a mom. Uh, she hits the gym amazingly she's got such drive and focus uh and you know with adam on the road doing his acting and and earning up buying the groceries you know uh those things, those moms at home got a hell of responsibility so uh i have a lot of a lot of respect for her have had for a long time and the fact she wrestled her boys high school wrestling team was cool stuff to me so uh beth copeland hall of famer former women's champion will be here next week and we hope you will be as well so until then Thanks to Kenny Omega. We'll see him and his whole uh, entourage uh, on the weekend in San Francisco. Hope to see you guys there as well. If you come to the show at the Cow Palace, bring a, bring a friend, bring a noise, and that's that's, that's just really have a, a hell of a hell of a night there on Saturday. So uh, remember, folks, that there's not a hell of a lot you can do about yesterday, and uh, there's really nothing you can do significantly about tomorrow. So focus on today. And make today good. Make make you make yourself proud of you for what you did today in the form of helping others. It's a big deal. And if we don't amend this uh, path that we're on in society where helping others is not a big deal anymore, it's all about helping us, helping me, then uh, we, we're going to be in big problems uh, for, our, for the younger generations. And say it don't matter. It does matter. It does matter. So uh, I hope that you will uh, have a good week and go out and do something nice for somebody that's unexpected. And uh, remember that our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So from the rolling hills of my home state of Oklahoma, home of the Oklahoma Sooners, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. The Westwood One Podcast Network, The Raven Effect. Spider-Man Homecoming I finally saw. I loved it. That kid is great. Finally a Spider-Man that busts jokes and stuff while he's, you know, while he's wrapping people up. But it's really weird that Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. Because she's not old. And she's still hot. Yeah. The Raven Effect. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.